This is Bottom of the Bargain Bin. I am your host, Kevin Hart. Now, we have Annie, a Royal Adventure today as our movie. You know Annie, little orphan Annie with red head and her dog Sandy, uh, the lovable orphan who gets adopted by billionaire Oliver Warbucks, the bald man with a big heart. Now, why this needed a sequel, I don't know. Uh, the, the comic strips... Of course, they had many, many stories on the comic strips, but it's a musical everyone loves and a story everyone knows, so I guess, sure, you could make a sequel to it. There was actually a musical sequel called Annie Warbucks, which picks up a couple years after the musical takes up. You know, it's, it's, it's not a great show. Musical sequels generally aren't that good, in my opinion, at least. So this movie takes place just a couple years after the original Annie movie, and... Annie is about 12, I think, in this one, so maybe just about a year or two older than she is in the musical. So the the, the original movie from 1982 is This Is What This Is a Sequel To. Uh, it was made in 1995, so this was a, a good, like, 13 years or something after the movie. So nobody, none of the kids in that movie are, you know, they're way too old to play the kids in, in this one, and uh, none of the cast really wanted to come back for it. Uh, you know, don't really blame them, I guess. But... The, the the with this movie, they okay. So let me go back to the or uh, the how many times Annie's been adapted three times into a movie. First in 1982, which is what this is a sequel to. Then 1999, it was adapted as a TV movie, which was uh, a, a bit of a a more accurate adaptation of the stage show, except that it was shortened quite a bit, so they had to cut out some songs, they had to cut out some scenes. Then we have the recent remake from 2014 that was modernized got some uh got some hate online uh but you know either way this uh, sequel attempts to continue the story but uh leaves out some so has some glaring omissions first of all at the end of the musical and at the end of the uh, of the Annie movie uh, Grace Farrell who works for Oliver Warbucks and Oliver Warbucks uh, it's implied that they have some sort of romantic relationship at least after the musical Grace Farrell not mentioned once in this movie not even in this movie uh, like at all Warbucks is uh, I mean he's still Daddy Warbucks but he's there's no Grace Farrell anywhere. I mean, they still have Punjab and the Asp, who are two characters written for the 1982 movie, two of uh, Warbucks' guards. But no Grace Farrell. I don't know why they wouldn't want her to be in it, because it's, it's not like it was a casting issue, because every single person was recast that was in the previous movie. So I, I don't know. I don't know. But she's not in it, so Warbucks, I guess, is a bachelor or divorced or never got into a relationship with Grace Farrell. Who knows? I don't know. But but it seems odd to base it so much off of this original movie and then just not have one of the main characters. Anyways, so in the movie, we have George Hearn playing Oliver Warbucks. George Hearn, of course, well... If you are familiar with the musical Sweeney Todd, he played Sweeney Todd in the uh, the version that they filmed for TV in 1982, and then of course again uh, he played uh, opposite Patti Lapone in a concert. Welcome to the grave. I will have vengeance. I will have salvation. That's our lovable. Uh, male lead who just loves Annie and he's this lovable billionaire. 
<laughs> oh, it's always a fun time, isn't it? Great musical, by the way. So it seems like it would be a, a, a great choice to have a wonderful singer like George Hearn play Warbucks, even though there's no singing in this until the very end of the movie. They sing tomorrow, like at the end, because it's you know, it's the big song, of course. But yeah, so I guess you know, in in real life, George Hearn would probably be a really good um, Oliver Warbucks, but. Then we also have Ian McDermott, who plays the Emperor in Star Wars. He plays this professor named Professor Eon, who creates this uh, this element called Eonite that's used... Uh, they try to use it for nefarious purposes later on in the movie. Yeah, you know, whatever. And he's just doing some, some goofy antics throughout, and he's got crazy hair, and it's you know, very stereotypical. Joan Collins plays the main villain, Lady Hogbottom. Now, she has an interesting story for a G-rated movie. Her aim is that she wants to blow up Buckingham Palace and kill everyone inside it with a rocket so that she can get her family name back as royalty and she can become a queen. That's uh, that's a bit much for a G-rated movie. Now... The the uh, the original Annie movie is PG and there's some swearing in it and it's it's kind of dark at times but this is like you know it's like oh da 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 it's a kids movie and she's like I'm going to kill everybody and it's like ooh ooh but that all happens in Britain and we have to get to Britain first so let's jump ship and by that literally I mean because one of the first things that happens is they get on the ship but before they get on the ship Annie visits a fortune teller who sets the stage for the rest of the movie this fortune teller says there are going to be nefarious characters in your future and you're going to go on a long trip and Annie's like I don't know about any trip and she gets home and Warbucks is like we're going to England and everyone's like ooh suspicious characters so, Annie's allowed to bring her friend Hannah with her. I don't... Hannah's, I guess, one of the orphans. I don't think there's an orphan named Hannah in the musical. But they do bring Molly, who is one of the orphans uh, from the musical. They do bring her along. They have to stow her away, though. And they, they put her in a... Uh, they put her in a suitcase and stow her away on the ship. Are you all right, Annie? Fine! I'm just worried about um, Hannah's luggage. So they put her away on the ship, um, and then these two bumbling idiots, one of whom is the son of uh, Joan Collins' character, Lady Hogbottom, and the other one is just some really dumb criminal. I mean dumb. They're like, can you multiply 20 times 2? And he's like, I don't know how to count. Everybody's got these Cockney accents. So these bumbling idiots try to capture the professor as they need Ianite to help fuel this rocket that they're going to kill everybody with. Mm. But uh, they are thwarted uh, by the girls and, of course, by Oliver Warbucks and Punjab and Asp. And, uh, you know, they're they're presumed to have been thrown overboard. They trick everybody, but they actually, they just make a little bit of a getaway, stowaway in this meat locker, and then they everybody ends up, uh, um, you know, after whatever would be a commercial break, I guess, they end up in London. And this is when they stay at Buckingham Palace. They are visited by these two goons again, one of them wearing an absolutely horrible disguise. I mean, just wearing this this terrible beard and glasses. And uh, he brings these milk and cookies up to everybody and is sneezing all over them, which in the age of corona <laughs> just made me cringe a little. Compliments of the management. Oh, hello. 
Hello. You've got a cold? I caused chill. Yeah, that's about it. But see, this is so this is what he does once he brings this milk up there though. He drops these pills in it, these sleeping pills. Now, why he didn't do this beforehand, I have no idea. But he quite literally is like, hey, look at that, and then this goofy music plays as he's drugging these kids' milk. Take a look at your view. And that's it, and so a couple people drink the milk and knock out, uh, one of them being Molly, of course, it, it's late, later in the scene, She they go to Hyde Park and then she falls asleep. There, she's picked up by a family, um, well, they all follow the family there, they're this family that has a lot of brothers, and the dad's down on his luck, and he's like, oh, I wish I could get a job, I guess they don't need me at the interview. And, of course, you know, Warbucks gives him a job later. And they said, well, you know, we always wanted a little girl. I think that's what they said. I don't know. But anyways, it leads to Molly being uh, adopted at the end of the movie. So the plan of drugging all these characters' milk just goes completely awry. And they need other means to capture the girls as well as capture the scientist. So... Lady Hogbottom, she cozies up to the scientist, brings the girls over to their castle, and when they're in the castle, they, they lock the girls in this dungeon with no way to get out, and some snakes. Just as long as there's no snakes. I'm sure that there are no snakes. Don't worry, because Annie has been doing homework over the vacation, and she had to do a report on castles and dungeons, so she knows there is always a way out of the dungeon. They're in a pit. They can't get out. But we can't. And they do find a secret door, and they make their way out of the dungeon. And it is at this point that eventually Oliver Warbucks and everybody... Uh, working for him, finds out that the girls are missing. They head over to try to find them at the castle, and this is where we find out the evil plan that Hogbottom is going to try to blow up Buckingham Palace with a rocket, and she needs the Eonite and a couple other things from the scientist coordinates, that sort of thing. She needs all that to make her plan work, to kill everybody in the palace and to reclaim her her name as the long time ago with I guess the lore of this movie that their family was usurped and and I, I don't care so uh, so so she threatens to kill her but she's also threatening to kill these kids again this is a G-rated movie move away I mean it otherwise you'll both be very very sorry Michael my rocket Yep, so the rocket goes off, but Annie and this, this little kid, Michael, you know, they were able to sort of refigure the rocket to fly over the ocean and blow up over the ocean instead of blowing up Buckingham Palace. And as you can see, the scientist breaks the bad news to Lady Hogbottom before she's arrested. You know what you've just done? You've just blown up Buckingham Palace! No, Lady Hogbottom. Your rocket is harmlessly exploding over the ocean. No! So, everybody who's bad goes to jail. We go to Buckingham Palace, which the reason for doing this is Oliver Warbucks is going to be knighted. He's going to be Sir Oliver Warbucks. And once he's knighted, this happens. 
I'm so proud of you, Daddy Warbucks. The sun will come out tomorrow. And they go into tomorrow to end the movie. It's very abrupt and kind of out of place. Here's the thing with tomorrow. It's the big song everybody loves in Annie. Uh, you know, about the optimism. See, she sings it in the musical when she's down on her luck. She's run away from the orphanage. She's with Sandy, and she doesn't know what tomorrow is going to bring, but she's always optimistic. You know, bet your bottom dollar. All that good stuff. In Annie's Royal Adventure, this is the very end of the movie, uh, Warbucks, the richest man in the world, is knighted. Molly has a family. All, All the bad people are in jail. I just, they just, I know they had to, I okay, I know they had to put it in there because it's the big song, but it's just so funny how out of place it is. Uh, and, you know, of course, at the end of the movie, you know, George Hearn is like, oh, I just love happy endings, right? Like the happy ending in Sweeney Todd. Welcome to the grave, I will have vengeance. Yeah, well, anyway, so that is Annie, A Royal Adventure. Pretty terrible movie. I had fun watching it. Um, Probably a little better than I expected it to be, and that's not a high bar. I mean, it's still pretty bad, and I don't recommend this at all. Uh, I would skip this one completely and just go watch the original Annie movie if you really need your fix of Annie.